Well, entering year two under Lincoln Riley, USC's got Caleb Williams back at the helm, and it kind of feels like winning at least 10 games is somewhat inevitable. You are locked on Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Pac-12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. If you're watching on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day and your number one source to stay up to date with our, I'm assuming, media rights free and beloved conference of champions. Like, comment, subscribe, rate, review. Please and thank you wherever you listen to or watch the show. We're talking about the Trojans today, making predictions on their schedule. We hit Utah yesterday, the reigning Pac-12 champs, the team they beat. The Trojans, we're running through them today. So we have Mark Colkin. He's the host of Locked On USC, covers the Trojans for On3. He's been at fall camp. He's all over the place. He's on Twitter. He is confident in the Trojans, as you are all about to learn. But I am as well. And I, I just feel, Mark, that when you look at what USC brings back, what they brought in, Lincoln Riley at the helm, and Lincoln Riley's track record, and that they're entering year two, and we would always expect teams to get better in year two, under a, under a new head coach than they were in year one. I look at USC's schedule, and look, it gets tougher on the back half. There's no question about that. But 10 wins feels inevitable to me. Like, I, the more I look at it, the more I think about, boy, USC over nine and a half, that feels like actual value to me. Yeah. Bet the house, man. Bet the Pac-12 conference, because I'm, I'm sure you could afford to buy it right now. Um, sorry, I had to throw that in there. I, I know, oh, no, I know where you are with the Spencer, and I hope you still have this other job when you're not doing locked on Oregon. So, you know, blessings to you. Yeah, anyway, well, I I hope so as well. But we'll yeah. just have to wait, and we'll just we'll just have to wait and see. So, uh, yeah, I agree with you. USC schedule, um, it, it it's it's backloaded. That first six games, there is no reason. USC should not be 6-0. and uh, I, I mean, if you want to go through each game, that's up to you. But I don't know. Who's the biggest challenge of those first six games? Where I'm going with this is when you look at that, the, the back end, Utah, Notre Dame, Washington, Oregon, Cal, UCLA, that's the back end. Um, everyone say, all right, well, there's there's got to be at least two losses in there, right? Well, give me the two losses because here it is. I'm predicting USC will go undefeated this season. Boom. There Mark is. is confident. Mark is Mark is feeling good. Well, so, you talked about it. You, you said the biggest growth is when for a for a new head coach is from year one to year two. They well, made a the big growth. Well, well, they made a significant growth from four and eight to eleven wins. And they've got the right people coming back that were a part of that 11-win team. So for me to say, all right, well, they're now going to take that next step that you kind of alluded to, I don't think it's so far-fetched to say, well, I know what USC did in the offseason to shore up their defensive woes. Did Oregon do enough in the offseason to shore up their defensive woes? Because USC plays at Oregon this year. The other road game, is the one at Notre Dame. USC 
was able to put up a lot of points on Notre Dame last year in Los Angeles. I anticipate them doing the same and ending that streak of losing in South Bend. So again, those are the two games that really, I guess, strike fear uh, in, in Trojan fans' minds. But Washington in LA, Utah in LA, those are the other games that I think people are focused on as far as USC schedule. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, the reason that I feel there there is some value on USC over nine and a half is you look not just at what they have coming back, but you don't have to even think that USC will make the playoff or go undefeated or heck, even make the Pac-12 title game, depending on how tiebreakers work out and think that they can get to 10 wins in a relatively manageable fashion. Like I can see a path for other teams. I can see a path to Washington winning 10 or more games. I can see a path for Oregon. I can see it for Utah as well. For Utah, it's probably the most challenging of the, mm-hmm. the, the group of teams that are actual contenders. Their schedule is pretty brutal. But with USC, it feels so feasible. So let's get into these games here. And by the way, Lincoln Riley, as a head coach in a full season of college football, his win totals are as follows. 12, 12, 12, 11, 11. So when I say that going over nine and a half seems like it's reasonable, it's not as if I'm not basing that in actual data there. So USC, as Mark, you alluded to, does not come out of the gates swinging with a big time marquee matchup. Um, They do play one of the earliest games in college football. They play San Jose State. They will play them at home on August 26th, one of the first games of the college football season. Uh, a week zero affair for the Trojans. And look, we are less than a month away from that. So that's pretty, pretty darn exciting, frankly, amidst all this realignment craziness and not nonsense and whatnot. But football is really, really close. But it it goes San Jose State, Nevada, and Stanford, all at home. First three games at the Coliseum for the Trojans. Then they go at Arizona State, at Colorado, and then they host Arizona. And Look, I, I I am I am fully on board picking USC to go six and zero in those games. They are going to be heavy favorites in all of them. They they should be. But if I told you right now, Mark, USC finds a way to go five and one in those games, which team do you think has the best chance? I'm not saying it's likely, sure, but yeah, yeah. Who's the most likely to give USC trouble? Because I have a team that I would think. But I'm curious what you think of that group. Well, I'm going to assume we're on the same page and say it's Arizona. We are on the same page. Just because of their offensive firepower capabilities. Their potential is there. Uh, They return Jaden DeLora at quarterback. Um, Jed Fish's system is another year older. They brought in some good receivers. Um, I think they've attacked the transfer portal fairly aggressively. Mm -hmm. And it's... I, I, I guess if USC's defense hasn't gotten it figured out, um, they can get into a shootout, and that could be a team. But, yeah, if if the ball bounces funny, somebody gets hurt, sure, opportunity presents itself. Yeah, so. the one, the one kind of caveat there is that it's in Los Angeles. Hmm. I, I would say there's a greater likelihood if it were being played in Tucson and, you know, I like Arizona's trajectory. We know they have a quarterback who can throw the ball around the field and make plays. We know they have two really good wide receivers. They don't have 
three that they the three they had a year ago, of course, because Dorian Singer is now going to be playing yeah. on the other side. But they did pick up Montana Lamonius Craig from Colorado. That's a real name there on the perimeter. So another weapon for the offense. I think they're watching in high school seven on seven. Love that kid's game. Love yeah. I, I mean, he, he was shining out in the spring game and Colorado was talking about, I was like, Ooh, that's a weapon for Shador. And then he was like, okay, bye. I'm going to go, I'm going to go. We played on national TV. I'm going to go down to Arizona now, but I think that trio of receivers, T-Mac cowing, Lamonius Craig, that's a legit trio right there. Delora can sling it. The question for them, much like USC is defensively, but to your point about the portal, I like what they have done with adding power five defensive transfers who I think make them better on that side of the ball than they were a year ago. They're still going to have a lot of room to grow, I think, but I think they have improved at the very least. So I think we agree that it's the most likely, but once again, I I am not sitting here saying, I think Arizona upsets USC. I think Arizona is going to pull an upset this year, but I don't think that it is going to be USC on the road. Yeah, no, USC, you know, there's going to be a little bit of, you know, chippiness in that game. USC took three of Arizona's better players. You mentioned Dorian Singer. On the defensive side of the ball, they got Keon Bars, mm-hmm. as well as Christian Roland Wallace, who I, I, I've been I've been to the last two um, ball camp practices that the media has been invited to. Uh, Keon Bars and Christian Roland Wallace, these are the types of players that USC did not have last year. They had top-end talent string but it was that back end the depth that these guys are bringing and as usc season wore on it just defense just kept getting worse and worse and worse so yeah i understand where you're going offensively arizona is going to play with everybody I, I don't think it matters who they're playing this year in conference me neither but to your point defensively are they going to be able to take that next step i don't know if they have enough on the defensive side of the ball to stay step for step with usc this year yeah, I, I think that's it's a tall order, and it's a tall order, especially uh, on on the road as well. So we agree that USC starts six and zero, but then it starts to get fun, Mark. Then it starts to get really, really fun. You all can have fun, or as much fun as you can, upgrading your car and keeping it on the road. If you go check out eBay Motors, because for a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit just like putting together a roster via the transfer portal it's the same when it comes to your vehicle every part needs to fit just right so next time you need parts and accessories head to ebay motors with ebay guaranteed fit you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around just add your ride to my garage look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back because just like in sports confidence is the name of the game when you shop on ebay Motors and with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Guaranteeing fit only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride eBay. Okay, second segment sip completed, and we're ready to keep things going with USC schedule. So, after Arizona, they have that lovely middle-of-the-year non-conference bout with Notre Dame, and it is on the road this year. Should be a big-time game. Now, you've said, Mark, that you think USC is going to run the table and go 12-0 and this year. I don't think it's impossible. Spoiler alert, I am not going to predict it. I think there will be at least one loss mixed in there. But how do you feel about that Notre Dame game 
leading up to the season, given how last year's game played out, and that this year it'll be it'll be played in South Bend. Uh, again, USC this year compared to last year, uh, and they they were able to handle Notre Dame fairly easily, but now they're they're. I hate to sound like you know the the intro to the six million dollar man, but they are bigger, they're stronger, they're faster, and. I'm talking about in the trenches, specifically the defensive line. They brought in a big-time linebacker from Oklahoma State, Mason Cobb, to help really shore up that linebacker unit to combine with Eric Gentry. If you again, USC, I don't think people really truly understand how close USC was to making the playoffs last year. One lost, half of football. They lost at Utah in the middle of the season. I believe it was what game six. Game seven or eight, I think. USC was undefeated going into Utah. Yep. U- they, Utah was four and two. I think USC was six or seven and now. USC had two key injuries in that game. Jordan Addison, Eric Gentry. It basically came down to the end of the game where USC's defense just didn't have enough gas, didn't have the depth. And then we know what happened in the conference championship game. Caleb Williams pulls up lame, but USC is on their way to a 21 to three lead. And then once he's injured, history has been written. But that's how close USC was. And they have made a huge, significant emphasis on defense this year. And there are coaches and players playing for their season. And that's why going into Notre Dame, that, first of all, that game's always circled on the schedule. And knowing, as I talked about, there's really two games that USC has to, to worry about to go undefeated. That first one's Notre Dame. So that's why they will be focused, ready to play. And again, they want to break that losing streak in South Bend. It's been a while. Yeah. So I, I think with the, the the Notre Dame game, what it provides is also representative of what it can take away. And yeah. that game in particular, you know, I, I uh, I've, I've kind of talked about this before, but the Pac-12 teams that are capable of making the playoff, you you can't just be good enough. You have to also have a schedule that will allow you sufficient strength because it's still a 14 playoff, right? I mean, I, I despise the 12-team playoff and realignment and everything like, like that, but that's a conversation for another day. But we, <laughs> we still have – good, I'm not alone. We still have a 14 playoff here, and so you have to be a one-loss or undefeated – power five champion to get in unless you are Notre Dame or Ohio state from last year. And by the way, Ohio state needed help from Utah to beat USC or else Ohio state doesn't make the playoff a season ago, but you also have to have, I think at least a respectable non-conference win unless you're going to go unbeaten. So like Michigan, for instance, I think would have been punished for their weak, pathetic, unacceptable, ridiculous non-conference slate a season ago if they had lost to Ohio state, I think you could have like, they would not have gotten in over, uh, over a one loss pack 12 champ in USC. I think they could have fallen even further. Cause they didn't play anybody like Ohio state was able to stay there because they played Notre Dame, which was a respectable team, but Michigan played, you know, cupcake one, two, and three. Like it was a joke and it's a joke again this year. And I lament all of that, but Notre Dame is kind of the key to USC having a playoff caliber schedule. Now the pack 12 is going to be deep, and competitive this year. So they might've had it anyway, but I think it helps because if it comes down to a slim margin and it's between USC and a one loss Clemson ACC champion, 
yeah, having a win at Notre Dame would be what would be helpful. I don't trust Notre Dame's offense. I think Sam Hartman is an upgrade over what they had a year ago, but I I think this USC team is quite good. And though it's in South Bend and I think it'll be tough, I do think the Trojans are going to go in and, and get it done. And look, I've you know had my qualms with USC over the years for sure, but I'm no Notre Dame homer either. So I'm kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place, frankly. But I, I, I like the Trojans in that game because I just, even with a struggling USC defense, like let's say they have a bad day, I still like USC's offense more than Notre Dame's. No, no. Look, that that that's the key. Is USC is going to be able to score? And I, I use the term loosely at will this season. I mean, what they have returning on offense, led by Caleb Williams, that's not going to be the issue. The issue is, can the defense just give them the ball back enough times where they don't have to score every single time they have the ball? Right. You know, last year, one, what was great about USC's defense is they knew how to take the ball away from other teams. However, they didn't know how to tackle. They didn't know how to tackle. Uh, so I don't think they can anticipate, you know, whatever, whatever their plus minus ratio was last year that led the country. It was a sick number. It was disgusting. Oh, yeah. It was outrageous. Yeah. Caleb Williams had a 42 to five touchdown to interception ratio. And three of those interceptions came at the end of the year. So those are the things that USC just has to stay consistent with and uh, again they just need a top 50 defense top they don't just, need to... it just has to be serviceable that's it well, last year was what i considered serviceable and but serviceable, it wasn't sustained but it wasn't sustainable right and that's because of the depth they didn't have it serviceable to me was all right you got another turnover now you got a chance to score more points but again once you lose your first string linebacker, you now have your second string linebacker starting and the guy behind him, there's a reason he's third string. Right. Right. Well, you know what I pointed out about USC's defense last year and Trojan fans weren't particularly happy with me, but they didn't have an, I told you so moment later I did is that when they were forcing turnovers at the rate that they were in the early portion of the season, I was sitting there like that is not sustainable. You have to be able to actually get stops. Teams aren't going to turn the ball over forever. Lo and behold, Utah puts up over 40 points in, in each of those those two meetings because, in large part, they protected the football. And USC actually forced a, a red zone turnover uh, in, in Salt Lake City as well, or else it would have been probably another touchdown for, for the Utes in that game. USC won 11 games last year. In all 11 games, they won the turnover battle. Right, but when, and, and, but there's a difference between, hey, everyone is better when they win the turnover battle, and USC's defense last year – was that you know the gap between them being terrible and being good enough to win the game was them forcing like three turnovers and having a pick six you know seemingly every other week so let's let's get back to uh to the schedule here uh, I think they win at Notre Dame and then then it's the game that I think everybody certainly out west has got circled as one of the games of the year it's the revenge game for USC they're going to be at home I am picking them to beat Utah because of all those factors. And I look at what happened last year, Mark, and say, okay, they were basically even in the games that that were played. USC had the lead in the conference title game, but they were operating on a slim margin. And that's if Caleb Williams isn't able to do everything in a spectacular fashion. 
suddenly Utah can close the gap. But they played in Salt Lake City, and Utah emerged victorious. And my takeaway was, hell of a game. Utah is still really good. But if this game is played anywhere other than Salt Lake City, USC wins. And I feel that way about this matchup going into this year. It's not at Rice-Eccles. It's at the Coliseum. So I'll take the Trojans. Yeah, and 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 that's really the point is Utah away from Rice Eccles. They are a different team. I don't know if it's if it's the way Coach Winningham coaches the team as far as you know offensive or whatever it is. They're just they don't play the same. Whether it's with the same confidence, the same swagger. Um, I mean everyone's different away from home. Nobody's as good on the road as they are at home. Utah has beaten USC in LA, but that was Clay Helton's final year. Everybody beat USC in LA. That's, mm-hmm. That's true. The year before, you know, USC, or when, excuse me, two years before when Utah came to LA, you know, they had a backup quarterback in there throwing jump balls to Michael Pittman. It's like Kyle Whittingham did not want to change whatever his game plan was. And USC pulled off the upset. So it's, again, I have history on my side. Utah in LA, it's not. This is why I, I gave you the two games that I'm concerned about. And don't believe for a second that Caleb Williams and the rest of the Trojans aren't upset about the two losses last year. Oh, I, 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 I fully believe it. Factor. I fully believe it, and that's part of my confidence. I'm really high on Utah this year, being high on the two-time defending champs. What a take. Um, where did they find me? I don't know. Anyway, so well, I – isn't going to be healthy this year. That I mean, is I'm the biggest sure. question. That that is that is the biggest question. But if you tell me right now he's healthy for all nine conference games, Utah can go seven and two, eight and one. I I fully believe that because Kyle Whittingham is just doing it over and over and over again. You may or may not know this, Mark, but in each of the last four full football seasons played in the Pac-12, 2018, 19, 21, and 22, Utah's appeared in the Pac-12 championship game. Four times in a row, so I'm not going to sit here and doubt him and say, well, this is the time they're going to pull back. Like, mm, I don't know. As long as Cam Rising's healthy, I think they can do it. So next week, after uh, the Utah game, they go at Cal. Um, everydayers know that I'm bullish, as you can be, on the California Golden Bears. I think they're probably going to be a bowl-eligible team. Tune into tomorrow's show to hear my, my final record prediction on my beloved Bears at this point. Uh, but one of those wins is not going to be against USC. I presume you agree, Mark, seeing as how, uh, unless you change your mind in the last 22 minutes. No. <laughs> yeah, so. I haven't seen an offense from a Justin Wilcox team in his career. Not I don't, yet. I don't know what's happening this year either. They made a good hire with their offensive coordinator, I think. That's what I will say. And Maybe they it'll happen in, too for that offensive coordinator. Yes, and they brought in a new, they brought a new quarterback as well. So. I think they'll beat Cal and they'll be at eight and zero going into the final three games. And look, this is just, this is, this is a tough stretch. You go Washington at home at Oregon, and then you host UCLA. Mm. I, I do not see Mark USC going through this slate undefeated. I think that between Washington's ability to throw the football and keep up with USC's offense and go punch for punch with them, you could lose that game. And I think going at Oregon to Autzen Stadium, USC fans, no, it's a very tough place to win. They haven't won there. Now they don't play there every single year, but I yeah, think their last 
scheduling quirk where it seems like Oregon's got the better end of the schedule on that. <laughs> well, and don't deny it, Spencer, because we can go through the years. Well, by, well, well, well. By the way, I'll, I'll touch on that in just a sec. But I think the last time USC won at Autzen Stadium was 2011, when you guys kept my Ducks out of probably the national championship game uh, that that year. But what, what what I will say is that when I look at this schedule, I I definitely got the sense, Mark, that this was very much a message from the Pac-12 of like, hey, Trojans, don't let the door hit you on the way out, punks. <laughs> are you saying this is gonna be, are they're going to treat USC and Eugene the way they treated USC in Salt Lake City last year? Are you saying they're going to get that type of treatment? Well, from the fans, absolutely. No, I'm talking about from the officiating and certain I don't think the officiating is ever going to get set up to to not to to go against you. No one's raising the issue here. I'm not. I'm 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 just saying, like the conference put together the schedule, and when they put it together, they knew that USC had potentially started the orchestration of the downfall of the conference. So they might have said, "Hey, why don't we give you these easy wins, lull you into a sense of comfort, and then just give you a gauntlet where you have five games in your last six where I could see them losing." Like I think USC is going to do well, but. I could I could see them losing to Notre Dame. I could see them losing to Utah. I could see them losing to Washington or Oregon. I actually can't see them losing to UCLA. It's a rivalry game, so maybe. But I I don't. I'm I'm kind of down on UCLA uh, this this season. But I think between Oregon and Washington, um, I'll pick the Oregon game half because I'm a duck, but half because it's on the road. I think that's the game where where they stumble. But I do think that they are going to win the other one. And, you know, back to what I started the show with, why USC, I think, is a good bet to get to 10 wins, Mark, is that you look at the game, they just have to avoid a slip up. And then you look at their four hard games, Notre Dame, Utah, Oregon, Washington. If they go two and two, two and two in those games, not three and one, not four. No, if they just go two and two, they will be a 10 and two football team. And Lincoln Riley's teams have, not slipped up very often against you know vastly inferior opponents so i trust them to not do that that's mm-hmm. why i think they will be at 10 wins or more but i'll i'll say you know flip a coin and it lands on the head for usc and that trojan you know thingy majig or whatever is behind you right now and and then they'll lose at Austin stadium to to oregon because of the very simple factor that it's home and road and they come beat ucla that's how i think their final three games play out Okay, and you're not going to get a lot of argument from many people. Um, I, I've already put it out there that I anticipate USC going undefeated throughout the season. Uh, I chose the Oregon game as one of the games of concern. Uh, but again, I, I, I watched enough of Oregon last year, and I tried to keep track of what they did to improve their hot poo-poo defense. I mean, look. Are you denying it? No, no, no. I mean, it was it was not quite, you know, USC's level of defense a year ago, but it was certainly not up to the standard that we were hoping yeah. for. Yeah, it's nothing to brag about. No, I, it was not. I've talked about it all offseason locked on ducks. Like, it needs to be better. It should be better. And they have made the personnel moves to get it better. So I guess the question is, does Oregon have the offensive firepower to, to play step for step? with USC's firepower? I think the answer there is yes, because you have Bo Nix back. If you didn't have Bo Nix, I would have question marks, but I've seen what Bo's capable of. As long as the offensive line, which by the USC game will have had a lot of games together and an opportunity to really gel, you have new pieces there, but 
if that gets figured out, I have no doubts about the offense. It'll be, can you rush Caleb Williams enough to make him uncomfortable? I think that'll be the question because a year ago, if Oregon had played USC, Caleb Williams would have had an hour and a half to sit there and pat the ball. I, I don't know if Caleb Williams gets uncomfortable in the pocket. I mean, he just does stuff that makes people go, what did he just do? Um, so I understand your point. Yeah, you want to get to him. And he, Caleb, Caleb has a tendency to hold on to the ball too long sometimes. Uh, he wants to make plays. He's just it's a highly competitive guy. So, yes, if Oregon can get to him, if any defense can get to him, um, you know, that could be a problem. Is Oregon going to be the team? We'll find out. Yeah. We'll find out. I know the game's already sold out. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. USC fans, they'll, they'll, they got to be ready because Oregon fans are going to be giving it to them on that, uh, that particular day. Mark Colkin is the host of Locked On USC. He thinks the Trojans are going 12 and 0. I've got them at 11 and 1. Either way, I think 10 wins or more is a pretty solid bet. So if you can get them at nine and a half, I would go in and fire such, uh, such a wager. But Mark, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Oh, anytime. Appreciate everyone listening. I'll see you next time. And until then, hope you have a wonderful rest of your day.